Five o'clock in Pirate Country, and 94.3 The Game is going to get you home with the P-Man. In five, four, three, two, one. Lock it in. Turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Start it. Started from the bottom, now we here. Started from the bottom, now my whole team here. Started from the bottom, now we here. Started from the bottom, now the whole team here. Started from the bottom, now we here. Started from the bottom, now my whole team in. Started from the bottom, now we here. All right, uh, just after five o'clock, welcome in everybody. Patrick Johnson Show. P Man here with you. Ben Byram. Ben Byram producing today's show. Hey, Ben. What's shaking, Ben? Uh, nothing much. I play this song every time I reach the top of the stairs. <laughs> it's my go-to song. Wow. You've been working on that line, haven't you? Where's the drums? Cue the drums. I don't, I don't have the drum here with uh, me today. We got to get the drums. Crickets. Yeah. Uh, you would get the crickets today for sure. Uh, intern Ron representing the 704 is in the house. Let me ask Intern Ron something here. You picked this song, right? Is that right? That is correct. Okay. What'd you think of Ben's joke? I think he needs a little work, but I mean, we're getting there. Okay. All right. Intern Ron. Who I've been working on my stand-up. Well, Intern Ron will have a competitive show Monday with uh, our show uh, on the campus station. He can't be here Mondays because he's he's got to beat us down in the ratings. Boo. I know. Uh, we've got a ton of things to talk about. No FCS uh, conference is going to be playing football this fall. Not a big surprise there. Uh, some positives in that Virginia Tech and Texas Tech, respectively, have announced some fan uh, protocols today. Uh, we've got uh, a great guest in Ross Dellinger from SI.com. He's been all over this uh, the last few days, so we're going to talk to Ross uh, about a few things. The WAC, for example... Uh, canceled football today, and I thought the WAC gave the most honest assessment of this whole thing. They basically said we ran the fi- we ran the financial numbers. We can't afford it. That that and look again. If somebody says we're hiding behind, or I should say hiding behind, but if they're putting the statement out where they say concern for players and coaches and staffs health and safety, I I totally understand that, and and that goes without saying. But the thing that they all omit is what the WAC basically said today, and is we just can't afford it. And you got to give the WAC and uh, its leadership credit for that. Uh, we've got a ton of things to get into. HV3 is sitting atop the Wyndham over in Greensboro. We were there a year ago. Uh, it's uh, good to see that uh, Harold Verner III is uh, in a three-way tie for first. Ben will have up- an update on that for you in a little bit. Uh, Nebraska's bluff called uh, New Mexico and New Mexico State canceling uh, football today. So a lot of things to talk about uh, there. Is it New Mexico that's the independent or New Mexico State that's the... I don't know that off the top of my head. I should, but I, I don't. Um, the, the thing I did want to start with today, and uh, Terrence Copper, our uh, friend and colleague here on 94.3 The Game, we're going to talk to him in a second. Um, the sad news, I learned this about 90 minutes after the show uh, ended last night, probably actually an hour after the show ended last night, um, that uh, Mac Hodges, the mayor of Washington... Bear, as he's affectionately known, uh, died after uh, being in the hospital for a few weeks with uh, COVID-19. 
and uh, just a sweetheart of a human being. Uh, very nice, very positive, a big sports fan. Uh, and if you uh, knew Mac, it was like he was your best friend. Uh, and uh, he had he was a great kind of fatherly advice guy. Uh, and uh, I was really touched when I saw Terrence's uh, social media post about that as the news started to break last night. Terrence Copper does join us on the phone now. So before we get into everything else, I want to want to give Terrence a chance uh, on our airwaves to kind of uh, acknowledge and talk a little bit about uh, Mac Bear Hodges. Uh, Terrence, of course, played for uh, the Washington Pam Pack, uh, played uh, for ECU, as we know, and in the NFL for a number of years. Part of our sports team here at 94.3 The Game. Uh, Terrence, thank you for taking a few minutes with us. As I said, uh, the pictures and remembrances you put up, I was really touched by that. Uh, tell us, in, in your words, what uh, Mayor Mac Bear Hodges meant to you. Yeah, you know, it's, it's just a sad time right now. Uh, you know, I, I feel bad for his family uh, and, and all of Washington and everybody he's touched because we're quite sure everybody has stories that how he has, he has helped them in certain, certain situations at certain times of their lives and just the, how much he's done for Washington as a whole. You know, so it's just a, a bad time right now. You know, he was a, a, a great Pirate fan, but I want to just go back to what uh, you said there about, you know, being the mayor of Washington uh, and mm-hmm. and reaching out and, and trying to help as many people as he could. Uh, he he was a big sort of Terrence Copper supporter. Uh, and oh, yeah. uh, the picture that has you guys up uh, there, what, what was that event from that you put on your Facebook? So... One thing that, that Mayor Barry used to do, like I used to have camp all the time in Little Washington. And when I tell you, he did everything in his power to make sure it ran smoothly, uh, even just the off the team stuff, not really the actual football camp part of it, but he made sure the festivities was right when it came to downtown, the autograph signing, uh, him and Mr. Booth and Mr. Sadler, they used to uh, cook, cook food for the kids. You know, it was just, he did a lot for me when it came to my football camp, and also even when it came to get my my jersey retired, you know, mm-hmm. down in Little Washington. Mm-hmm. You know, he was a big part of that as well. I mean, of course, you had other factors in it, but he, he was a big part of it. And and one thing about it, even when it came to stuff like getting Dominique Wilkins to come back to come back to Washington, you know, uh, he was he was a part of that movement as well. Uh, every every uh, national night out. He's going to be out there. He's he's going to be he's going to be out front and center. But it wasn't for political reasons. It was because he just wanted to be amongst the people and show his faith. And he was always right there. There was no type of political uh, advancement that he was looking for. It was just he was a people person. He wanted to see the people of Washington uh, succeed. They wanted to see Washington grow. You know, so it was just he was one of the better people I ever met in my life when it, when it came to just being a genuine person and really have love for people. So, you know, I just, my heart goes out to him and his family. But it's his family. It's just a sad moment right now. Terrence Copper is uh, with us, uh, our great friend from uh, Washington. And uh, the mayor of Washington, Mac Hodges, uh, succumbing to uh, uh, COVID-19 and uh, dying. Uh, this happened yesterday, and uh, it, it certainly has touched a lot of people all over uh, the Pirate Nation Beaufort County and Washington as well. Uh, you, I'm glad you mentioned the Dominique Wilkins uh, thing. Uh, that 30 for 30 or ESPN documentary film uh, in the vein of the 30 for 30 that was uh, two or three years ago, 
he had a huge impact on uh, not so much the making of the film, but Dominique Wilkins coming back to Washington, which was sort of the genesis of the film. And, uh, you know, that that is a, from a sports perspective, uh, and you know a little bit about that history being a Pampac guy. You know, that mm-hmm. was a, the Dominique Washington community as a whole was not a good deal. And he no. had a huge part yeah. in, in mending that fence and built, rebuilding that bridge in a lot of ways. Yeah, you know, that was something that, you know, growing up in, growing up in Little Washington, you knew Dominique was from Washington, you knew that, uh, but you never seen him. So, to me, growing up in Little Washington, it was like it was a ghost, you know? I mean, we knew he's from Washington, and and we knew how great he was when he came to the sports and all the things he'd done in the community, different places, you know, but we, I never had a chance to see him in Washington before. And, but this is before I knew all the backstory behind it. And he had good reason, uh, the reason why not not coming back to Washington. I understand that part of it. But Mayor Barrett was, was one of the guys that was a, a huge part of really bridging that gap, uh, bridging that gap back together and, and opening arms up in to come back. You know, so that was that was huge for Washington to actually come back and, and feel a part of the community again. You know, and, and it, not just Mayor Barrett, but he, he had a hands in it as well. So, you know, he just did a lot, man, when it came to bridging the gap and it came to just helping the community out, helping building up downtown Washington the way it is now. You know, he had to, he had a big part of these things, you know, and a lot of people may not know these things, but he, you know, Mayor Barrett was probably one of the best mayors that, that Washington ever had, you know, and, and I'm, I'm glad to be, to be able to call him a friend. Uh, I'm glad to be able to have, have personal times with him, personal conversations with him. Through camp and national night out, my Jersey retirement, just different things like that. You know, so I was just, I'm thankful that I spent the time and I had the time that I did have with him uh, and the time that we were crossing each other's path. And he was a great ECU fan. He had the purple and gold, you know, vehicles. <laughs> so he, he was a character. And, and whether you met him once or uh, knew him as well as you did, he treated you like you were uh, his best friend or next door neighbor. And, uh, exactly. there aren't a lot of people like that, uh, in this world. And he exactly. was, he was a true original, uh, Terrence, uh, certainly our condolences to, uh, mayor Hodges family, uh, to all the bears mm-hmm. friends like yourself, to the good people of Washington and, uh, Eastern Carolina and the pirate nation, because, uh, this is a, uh, a, a, a tough loss for, for everyone, but thank you for taking a few minutes with your remembrances with us here this afternoon. Yes, sir. Talk to you later. Yes, indeed. Uh, Terrence Copper there, uh, remembering uh, Mayor Mac Bear Hodges from uh, from Washington, and our, our condolences and uh, thoughts and prayers are with the uh, good folks of uh, of Washington and uh, Beaufort County and all the Pirate Nation as well, because uh, he was a great friend to a lot of folks, and uh, that was uh, certainly sad news to hear uh, yesterday. Uh, we're going to get with. Uh, SI.com and SI Now's Ross uh, Dellinger coming up in just a little bit. Uh, we do have some uh, kind of rough weather out there all across the uh, east. Uh, 60% chance of rain uh, this afternoon into this evening. And in fact, that'll last into the uh, overnight hours. Uh, looking at a 70% chance of rain tomorrow and a high of 86. Friday night, 60% chance of rain. Saturday, uh, 70% chance of rain. 
uh, and that'll be mainly in the afternoon. Sunday, uh, right now, this forecast calling for, uh, again, uh, middle 80s and a chance of uh, rain at uh, 60%. So uh, it's going to be a soggy weekend, it does uh, appear. Uh, right now, uh, in the uh, Emerald City, we are uh, looking at uh, some showers around us. Uh, really, the heavier stuff's to our east over towards the aforementioned Beaufort County. Uh, but it's 82, and it feels like 88 uh, degrees. Virginia Tech announcing today that they're going to allow minimal fans to uh, attend uh, football games this year. That's some good uh, you know, piece of forward momentum as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Texas Tech and the Big 12, of course, making their announcement yesterday formal uh, that they are uh, planning to push ahead. They're going to limit capacity is what they said in a statement today. So these are all very positive things. As we said at the off uh, set of the show, the WAC, uh, which is uh, kind of a lower-level uh, FBS, at least the WAC had the uh, cojones to, to tell it like it is. The WAC basically said, we're not going to uh, be able to pull this off financially. Yes, they're concerned about the players' health. and Yes, they're concerned about the coaches' health, fans' health. But the WAC was keeping it real and just said, after running the analysis, we cannot afford to do what – this was going to have to do. And I think one of the things we need to re- ask Ross Dellinger today is, you know, everybody talks about this this seismic shakeup in Division One and FBS now. There's this, and this has proved this to be a misnomer. There was this thought that the, the so-called P5 were all in this together. And as we've seen with this, they're far from in this together. They're certainly interested in what's best for their conference, but not necessarily what's best for that collective group. And, you know, it, it, to me, the American is positioned here to maybe be that P6 now. And you're going to see these other conferences, the WAC, the Mountain West, basically say, we can't make this happen. We can't afford to do this. Uh, Old Dominion within Conference USA. We can't afford to do this. How many other CUSA schools are, are even, you know, what's their tipping point? What's the Sun Belt's tipping point? Uh, there is a tipping point, I'm sure, for the American and individual schools in the American, but there is at least a, a conference that is better situated with the new TV deal and with the uh, amount of emphasis put on football and men's basketball in this conference, rightfully so, that they can maybe afford to hang hang in there as a conference a little longer than uh, some of the others that have fallen through. The SOCON, Big South, and Southland Conference made the announcement today that they were not going to play uh, football. That's FCS. So essentially there's no FCS football this year, at least playing conference on conference. The Big South, in an effort, and we might have mentioned this yesterday, in an effort to try to get their schools to make a little skrilla, a little cash money this fall, We'll let you play up to four non-conference games. So, in other words, if uh, Campbell or Gardner-Webb wanted to play somebody uh, at, at the FCS level, or excuse me, FBS level as a non-conference, uh, they could do that and, and get the payday. I don't think they're gonna. I don't think anybody's gonna fill out the four dance card spots unless uh, they play BYU multiple times. BYU down to I think three games now. Uh, the West Coast Conference also making their uh, announcement today that uh, they're going to not play fall sports. That's a lot like the CAA and and what they decided. And UNCW and Charleston kind of came to the realization that they were not going to be able to play any kind of fall schedule with everybody else in their conference shutting it down this year. 
Uh, New Mexico, New Mexico State. One of those is in the whack. Uh, they both have announced the cancellation today. And it's New Mexico State that's independent, but they basically canceled today. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, Nebraska's bluff was called. You know, they were talking about going, doing their own independent. Apparently, somebody talked with Scott Frost and told him, no, you cannot go play an independent uh, schedule this year. Um, announcement involving a team from the American today, uh, Florida International, uh, FIU, and UCF have uh, pushed their game back that was scheduled for September 12th. It'll either be moved or, uh, as I understand it, uh, not played because uh, FIU has postponed sports or canceled sports is what the verbiage is here. Uh, delayed may be the better term through uh, the 16th of uh, September. So that's kind of it. You're up to date. Harold Varner shoots a career best eight under 62 today. He's in a uh, three-way tie now for the uh, leader uh, leading spot in the uh, Wyndham Championship over in uh, Greenfield or Greensboro at Sedgefield. Uh, the old GGO being played there. HV3 was great. Uh, ben will have an update on what's going on there coming up in a, a little bit. Uh, we thank Terrence Copper for taking a few minutes with us here in the opening segment. We'll break and when we return. Uh, Ross Dellinger with SI.com will join us. We'll talk to him about uh, all of this college football madness and uh, what's ahead after this. All right, uh, welcome back in. Let's go to the phone lines now as we uh, welcome in Ross Dellinger, SI.com. He has uh, been all over this college football news this week, covering uh, the sport for uh, SI now. Hey, Ross, thank you for doing this. Really appreciate it. I know you've been uh, on the air a lot talking in between reporting gigs, so I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem at all. Good to have you on here. Um, let's start with the whack today. I kind of liked, you know, the fact that the whack uh, kind of, you know, kept it real. They, they, you know, talked about the player, staff, coach, safety and health and fans and, and what have you. But they, they took the step in the tweet I read. I think Brett McMurphy may have put that up that in their statement. They said, we ran the financial analysis. We just can't afford to do what we got to do to keep everybody safer to, or to follow the guidelines. Um, I mean, so I, I kind of applaud them for saying that, at least being kind of honest about it. Uh, you know, I mean, that's really what this is in a lot of ways coming down to, isn't it? I mean, I'm not saying nobody's concerned about anyone's health. We know they are, but it's just the finances of, of being able to do this is too much for a lot of programs and a lot of conferences to bear. It is. Uh, <clears throat> you know, places, I would say, the top, well, we, we kind of see it now with the Mac uh, having a shutdown in the, in the Mountain West that maybe the top eight, top seven conferences in, in college football are the only ones that are going to be able to afford it. And, and maybe it's going to get to the point where it's, it's not even that. Um, we'll see. We have eight uh, or we have six left. So maybe it's the top, just the top six. Maybe eventually we'll have uh, the top five or four. Who knows? I think at the power five level, you can afford it, but um Certainly, there there are what three group of fives left conferences mm-hmm. and three power fives. Those group of fives, I mean, it's it's tough. I was on the phone with some conference USA officials uh, recently, and there is uh, there is a fear there that that they're going to be in that position eventually too. You know, you have all this stuff coming out with the heart issues, right? Um, and that demands more 
screening, which costs money. We, we wrote about it uh, a Sunday. A echocardiogram can cost $500 a pop. A, uh, and a cardiac MRI, I think, might even be more. So, the, you know, you keep, you keep adding layers and layers to protocols, and that bill keeps running up higher and higher and higher. And at a certain point, yeah, schools like the Mac and stuff, they just uh, they can't afford it. And, uh, and it's not worth it in a way because they're not having fans. They don't have ticket sales. They're already hurt financially by the drain of uh, their state funding and, and things like that, that it just, it just comes to pass where it's, it's not worth it. Uh, Ross Dellinger, SI.com, is, is on the line with us uh, here. You know, the chancellor uh, at ECU, interim chancellor, uh, told us last Friday that basically they're prepared to kind of help offset the budget shortfalls for athletics here for, you know, a, a year. Now, if this gets into this time next year, obviously, and before that, they will have to look at, at some different things and, and make some different moves. But the inference, uh, when you parsed his words, were we're prepared to kind of ride this out for a year. That's not the case everywhere. Uh, but I would I would venture to guess that most schools in the American um, feel like that they can, you know, at least for the short term, maybe ride this out. I don't know everybody's individual situation, but I imagine if ECU's doing it with the, the finances as they are with the university, a lot of other places, uh, UCF, Cincinnati, whoever should be able to do this. When you talk to anybody with the American, uh, what is your kind of perception? Maybe you know other schools that you've you've talked to uh, in this league about being able to kind of ride this out and at least get the season going. Maybe the American, you know, thinks of itself as uh, as the power sits for a reason because it's got it's got a lot um, more resources, I think, than other group of five leagues. I, I think it's. Uh, it, it just budgetary. Uh, so it, it has, it has the resources to, to do it. It's going to be a strain, I think it's a strain for everybody, but it's certainly yeah. going to be a strain to do it, but they do have more resources. And it's funny. I was on the part of this is also optics and stuff. I was on the phone with somebody from the, from the American and uh, I was asking him, you know, what the situation is. And, and he, he said, Hey, if you consider yourself a, a power player and a power six, you better hang in as long as possible. So that's, that's a part of this too. You know, as long as the big boys are hanging around or, or at least a majority of the big boys, right. Uh, you're, you're hanging around, um, but they are doing from what I understand the American uh, is compiling probably like every conference, more data, mm-hmm. more health stuff. Mm-hmm. They'll be adding more layers and protocols and, and things like that as well, kind of like the Big 12 did. You know, they'll end up have, adding the heart thing, stuff, but everything is, is on go. You know, the only one that I think uh, we could see action on this week or weekend maybe is Conference USA. Uh, I don't necessarily expect it, but of all the six FBS conferences that are remaining, uh, Conference USA, and again, I think it does go back to budget stuff, uh, there are some schools in the conference, uh, you know, FIU and mm-hmm. Rice have already paused and po- pushed back their season start dates. Old Dominion canceled. So there are certainly members who are probably more in the in the category of uh, wanting to suspend in some way. So that is one definitely to keep an eye on. But it, it just seems like all the other ones are, are at least right now, staying the course. 
We've got uh, Ross Dellinger with us, at Ross Dellinger on uh, Twitter, covering college football for Sports Illustrated and SI Now. Uh, that Twitter handle, at SI Now. You can uh, also follow uh, his work uh, via that Twitter account. Really appreciate him taking a few minutes with us here on uh, the Patrick Johnson Show this afternoon. Uh, you know, when we hear about this great separation of um, P5 and everyone else, one, I, I don't think that is – as this sort of this whole exercise is proven, uh, the P five is not exactly uh, linked uh, hand in hand with one another, uh, not on every single thing at least. And you know, I, I think that's also when we when we start talking about something's got to change or, or you're going to see a split. A lot of that is basketball driven too, because there's a ton more teams playing basketball than playing FBS football, so that that pie is cut many different. Uh, ways as well at least that's always been my uh, sort of interpretation or thoughts when I hear that uh, not saying that football is because we know football is driving the bus here but you know basketball there's a lot of big time programs that don't like the fact that number 300 some odd you know gets gets a piece of the the, the action there with all of that said um, if this I mean, could we see a Mac certain programs in conference USA legitimately drop off or not have football anymore, maybe drop to the FCS level. But, I, again, there's no money opportunities there as far as media goes. So, I mean, I, I guess the question would be, could we see certain programs not have football? Absolutely. Uh, I remember back in uh, May or, or June talking about this issue with some ADs. You know, what if we don't have a 2021 season? Like, what if what if we don't end up having a spring season you know, for those planning on the spring and his, his, uh, and I think Jack Swarbrick from Notre Dame was the one that said this. And he said it on the record. He said, uh, he said, you know, college uh, athletic departments can close, you know, uh, colleges are closing at the lower level. So athletic departments on the, on the upper level could absolutely close. Uh, football is so important economically for these, for these, these uh, departments that yes, uh, you know, we have 130 FBS now. I mean, Who's to say they're all going to come back if we're a complete shutdown? Uh, players would end up maybe could end up just transferring, and you know you had the one-time transfer that's going to come into play too, by the way, and that's mm-hmm. going to that's going to be that's a whole other ball game coming next year with that in in IL. But uh, but yeah, I mean you could have uh, you could have some athletic departments fold the tent in. If they don't, you'll have them, which already happened in a lot of places, considerably slash sports in. You might eventually have a situation where the NCAA decreases the minimum amount of sport rule that that each FBS team has to have. I think it's at 16 or 14 now. And you could see them uh, decrease that and and sports could be cut across the board. Those those sports, you know, football for a lot of group of five teams, they just break even, if not lose a little money. But, you know, volleyball or softball or gymnastics for the group of five teams, they don't just lose a little money. They lose a lot of money. And that's been well documented. They might lose a half a million dollars on a sport. And those sports are the ones at jeopardy right now. You know, uh, assuming there is a, a season, and again, everybody who's uh, hanging in there at this point at the FBS levels saying that they are committed to trying to make a season happen. College football playoff is, is planning their uh, kind of, you know, normal operations here at this point. 
So I, I guess the question is, um, you know, could this benefit the American on some level? You know, as far as the American, which fancies itself as that that sixth power conference, to, to maybe uh, get a more consistent seat at that table. Absolutely, especially especially if uh, if the Big Ten in the Pac-12 don't have a spring season, if they can't get it in, if there's a spike in virus cases or whatever. Uh, you know, and, and, and we just have this fall season to concentrate on. The American is, is you know, number four. They're in the, in the power group in a, in a lot of ways. So this is only, yeah, and I think that's why they're, they're hanging around. I mentioned it earlier, talking to that guy that was part of the works in the American. He's mm-hmm. like, hey, man, you, you know, you think you're a power program, you better stick around because this is, it. think of the TV uh, situation. Yeah, I got the a new TV time deal this slots. Year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The time slots might, you might get a little better, might get my, more eyeballs uh, on your games because there are a lack of games on, you know? So, uh, I mean, even on the lower level, all those, I mean, I think the FCS basically just shut it down today. So they'll be mm-hmm. going to the spring as well. So that's it. It's just, it's just the six FBS conferences. And, that is a limited amount of college football. So you're going to get a lot more eyeballs on the American, on their coaches, on their players. It's uh, yeah, it's probably a big reason why they're sticking around. We got Ross Dellinger, SI.com uh, on the line with us here covering uh, college football. He's uh, done a really nice job of, uh, uh, of, of staying on top of this story and what's been a, a historic and, and breakneck pace this uh, week. When, when you look at, um, the Pac-12 and Big Ten, and you know they they brought forth their health concerns, um, but but beyond that, can we look at any reason why those two decided to cancel? I mean, they both bring in, especially the Big Ten, a lot of money to each individual school because of the uh, network. But I, you know, the other part of this is, you know, academia brings in so much money now that in some ways, even football, big time college football. Uh, you know, maybe puts a dent in that some, but, uh, you know, if if you're not Michigan or Ohio state in that league, uh, maybe it's not, you know, the, the higher academia money is, uh, is, is over overwhelming and it, and it is anyway, I guess what I'm getting at here is what, you know, what was the, is there anything that you have learned or, or that, you know, maybe was a, in consideration for these respective conferences beyond what they have kind of stated publicly? Uh, not really. I, I think that they each probably had similar reasons for, for bowing right. out. I, I don't, I, I, don't I can know understand that. the PAC 12 with California. Although I, I read mm. something today that, uh, that, that because of some reporting that some of those case numbers are actually down a little bit, or at least the hospitalization rate there, but I don't want to get into that necessarily. So, I mean, the PAC 12, yeah. I don't think is a huge surprise because of California. The big 10 was a little surprising to me. Yeah. It, 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 right. You're, you're right. California had a lot of community spread. It was kind of when, as they call it, epidemiologists out there say it's dangerous levels because I think there were more than 50 or 25 new cases per 100,000, and that was a, a dangerous level. So, yeah, the community spread out west was a big reason. And the, the Big Ten, you're right. It, 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 um, it was a little surprising. And even when you talk to doctors uh, like I have down the south, especially, they don't understand it. Uh, they thought they would at least wait until students come back to campus. Mm-hmm. But 
they decided to pull it. And I think a big reason was the myocarditis. It, it was the heart issues, the long-term heart issues, the uncertainty, uh, the un- just the fear of the unknown of, of the heart issues. I've seen where I think there's a dozen, maybe 10 or 12 Big Ten players who have it. So it's a small number, mm-hmm. but it obviously is a serious uh, issue. It's an, an inflamed heart, enlarged heart. In an athlete, any kind of uh, issue with the heart, obviously, um, you exert yourself so much in sports, uh, anything with the heart is a, a serious well, thing. So that is probably the tipping point. That well, was probably it for them. But there is the argument, Ross, that you know a lot of these athletes may not have known this. Um, there was a, somebody with the Vikings, I think, who, who was revealed had a, an enlarged heart through testing. And right. uh, here, now that's NFL, but I mean, here he is now. He's going to have a procedure and... and you know, feels good about the rest of his life now. Um, I mean, there's the argument that a lot of these these kids are under really good medical care that they might not otherwise uh, be able to access. For sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, and that's why, you know, there was this narrative for some reason that when they shut down the season, the coaches want to say, okay, now get get the heck out of here and go back home. Like, that that's not going to happen. They're, they're going to stay on campus. They're going to stay working out i think uh just no contact drills and obviously because they don't have games they won't travel uh so they're trying to cut down on those things but to get back to your your original point was it could be pre-exempt some of this could be pre-existing heart issues Mm -hmm. the 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 deal with that is um if they're doing it right which i know some some are I've, i've heard about it is they are scanning players hearts getting a baseline uh, when they came back to campus or recently, and then they're comparing it to after. So I know somebody, the kid in Houston who, who went public, mm-hmm. the lineman, he was given a baseline. Uh, I think when he got there and then he was given, then he was given the same heart scan after he had COVID and his heart is enlarged and he's out for three months. And I think that's, there's some issues of that in the big, uh, right. big 10 as well. It's, yeah. it's, uh, so if you do it right, if you scan, if you scan them and get a baseline, you can tell that. But but here's the thing: all of they don't. Nobody knows anything. They're, they're, it's such an unknown and uncertainty. And that really what it boils down to. That was the 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 main reason why they pulled the trigger, the the Big Ten and the Pac-12, because of the unknown and the uncertainty. Uh, they just didn't want to take the risk, and uh, it's it's all a kind of a question of risk tolerance. You know how much. Uh, Risk will you will you take? I, I talked to a doctor earlier today who was just shocked that they, the Big Ten did what they did, and mm-hmm. they thought that they, you know, in the SEC stance and probably the AACs as well is, hey, let's wait, let's see when kids come back to campus, what happens, let's see what the NFL does, and be a little more patient. Uh, Ross Dellinger here. Uh, percent chance that we have a season. Percent chance that we start a season, I think, is probably. I'm going to give it like 60%. The, the chance that we complete a full season seems very low, seems less than 20%. Okay. Percent chance that spring football can be pulled off. Mm. Oh, pro- I mean, just from talking to, you know, administrators, they just don't see how it can happen. I, I mean, it's a coin toss, maybe 50% or less than just less than 50, maybe. Hmm. Hey, Ross, thank you very much. I, I enjoyed talking to you. I think this is some good insight uh, from kind of that national perspective. So we really appreciate it, and I hope we can uh, get you on down the road at some point. 
Yeah, no problem. Anytime. All right. Thank you, Ross Dellinger there. Good job. He was uh, he was excellent. Did a really nice job there. Um, all right, let's break. Uh, Ben's going to give us an update when we return. Uh, HV3 with a career day. Where has that landed him? On the leaderboard at the Wyndham? Well, Ben will tell you when we return. You can now listen to 94.3 The Game anywhere, anytime. That's a bold statement. Listen to us on your smart speaker. Simply ask Alexa or Google to stream WRHD and connect with us at home, work, or anywhere. We're on TuneIn Radio at 94.3 The Game. So take us anywhere you go. Ben Barham here for your 94th of the game sports update. Live from Greensboro, the Wyndham Golf Championship just wrapping up. There's a three-way tie for first. The Statesville native Tom Hoagie, Canadian Randy Sloan, and ECU alum Harold Varner III hit a career best 8 under 62. Former ECU golf standout and PJ Tour broadcaster John McGinnis expected big things for Varner when the P-Man talked to him yesterday. A lot is taken off of Harold's plate this week because he doesn't have 200 people asking him for tickets. He doesn't have the people to entertain off the golf course. You know, Mama's not coming. He doesn't have to take Mom to dinner tonight. He just has to focus on golf. You can listen to that full interview on our website, 94throughthegame.com. Meanwhile, Varner will look to keep up the momentum as he tees off tomorrow at 1.35. For ECU football, the Pirates practice yesterday was delayed due to lightning and media availability was canceled. So stay tuned to our social media pages at 94.3thegame on Twitter and Facebook for updates and videos from that press conference tonight. And tune in tomorrow for the latest comments on the Patrick Johnson Show from Mike Houston and our Daily Pirate Report. In a more unfortunate light, former Pirate NFL player Richard Alston, who played with the Pirates from 1999 to 2002, was sentenced yesterday 14 years in federal prison due to drug and mon- money laundering charges. Feds claim that Austin took part in a multi-year cross-country conspiracy trafficking marijuana. Elsewhere in college football, Nebraska's gotten a little less ambitious. They've walked back talks of declaring as the independent playing in the fall. Nebraska Chancellor Ronnie Green claims that he wants to remain in the Big Ten and is a fully committed member. Meanwhile, multiple FS- FCS schools have canceled their fall sports seasons, including the WAC, Mid-Atlantic, and the Big Sky Conference, and many more. Many of these schools and conferences don't cite medical concerns, but more so financial stability amongst playing in a pandemic. From the NFL, tight ends are making bank. Travis Kelsey signs a four-year contract with the Kansas City Chiefs. The financial terms of his contract have not been released, but reports indicate that it may be record-breaking. The 49ers have decided to do the same as they signed George Kittle to a five-year contract worth $75 million, breaking the record for the highest tight end contract in NFL history. Meanwhile, the Cowboys continue to shore up their defensive line as they sign ex-pro bowler Everson Griffin to a one-year contract worth $6 million. In the NBA, live action currently underway as the Suns continue to stay red hot in the bubble as they're dominating the Mavericks at the half. 76-57, Suns shooting guard Devin Booker leads all scores with 23 points. After facing much criticism after being inconsistent in the bubble, Zion Williamson claims that he will start to work on his body in the offseason and shed some weight. And Houston Rockets star Russell Westbrook will be out for the start of the playoffs with a quad strain. And from the NHL, after a controversial Bruins goal yesterday, Carolina Hurricanes head coach Ron Brittamore in a post-game press conference quit criticized officiating the fact that the refs missed three different calls on that goal. Brittamore subsequently fined $25,000 for his comments from the league. The Carolina Hurricanes look to bounce back in the series. Puck drops against the Bruins tonight at 8. James Reimer is expected to take place in the net. 
to the Hurricanes tonight. If you're 94 through the Game Sports Update, I'm Ben Byron. Previous comments from ECU football head coach Mike Houston. Today's prior report after this quick timeout. Back to the show. It's all coming back. The Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Harold Varner in a uh, three-way tie for first. Eight under. He shoots a career-best 62. Statesville native Tom Hokie. Uh, and eight under. He missed a putt that could have uh, kept him at nine under on the 18th. Roger Sloan went out there and fired an eight. He's Canadian, so I said oot. Uh, Patrick Reed's still on the course, and uh, he might be able to put a dent in this thing. He's five under right now. It's really the only other uh, notable former major champion uh, there. Uh, let's see here. Uh, tomorrow on the show, Phil Steele returns. Uh, Phil will be back with us. We'll talk a little more expansively about the American. And I want to get Phil to maybe talk a little bit about, you know, he's one of those guys that's been bullish, like Rini and Golia, like uh, Roy Philpott, uh, like myself, Clay Travis, Joel Klatt, others, about playing a season. And, you know, Phil's, Phil's just trying to hawk a magazine. I mean, let's be say what it is and I have no problem with that but I, I hope we can get Phil tomorrow to on some level kind of give us his perspective and talking to coaches but also his just years of covering the sport about the importance of trying to at least try to play this and not going ahead and just doing what the Big Ten did and the, and the Pac-12 did uh, so Phil still tomorrow uh, Pirate Defensive Coordinator Blake Harrell will be with us on Monday uh, looking forward to having uh, Coach Harrell uh, on with us. Um, oh, Twitter. Do the Twitter update real quick. Uh, ben, we had a Twitter poll yesterday which uh, talked about the High School Athletic Association's decision to kind of uh, take sports, move it back to November 4th, all sports, and, and onward. In other words, no real activities that are mandatory between now and November 4th. After the, four, after the 3rd or the 4th, whatever the date is, you can begin uh, and the seasons for volleyball and uh, what was it? Uh, cross country. Cross country will begin. Um, and then football's moved to, to February. That's the big uh, high school sports thing. Uh, we've reached out to get Q Tucker on next week, but we already got our dance card filling up so quickly that uh, we'll, we'll see what we could do. But I would, you know, there's just questions that you can't ask in a press conference Zoom setting that you could ask in, in an interview. And uh, I hope we'll get a chance to talk to the commissioner next week because there's just a lot of questions. I've talked to different coaches last night and ADs from around eastern North Carolina, and they all, you know, there's going to be a, a point where every varsity sport, and I forgot what the, the actual time frame, but there, was, there will be a point where, well, not every, but like 13 or 14 varsity and JV sports will be going on simultaneously during this thing. I mean, that's, that's it's a lot to manage it's a lot. To, exactly. It's a lot to manage. It's a lot to transport people. Uh, fields are going to take a beating, especially that time of year throughout. So, I mean, it, there's a lot of things, you know, practice fields are shared. I mean, it, it's a, it's a lot of questions. Okay. Uh, what was the Twitter, uh, uh, question and, uh, what's the final tally? So we asked, are you in favor of the NCHS AA's decision to move high school football to February? 63.2% said no. 
36.8% said yes. What I read into that is, and I'm not saying I disagree with them, there's a contingent out there that believes they should go ahead and play now. Well, or, what, or at least play in the fall. Yeah, one person said they would like it to be moved till the day after election day. So, in other words, that tells us what you need to know right there. Well, that, yeah. In other words, start it on the fourth rather than you know, the, the only. But what's the, yeah? What's the difference in playing in early January and playing in early February? It really isn't one. Yeah, not really. So I mean, in weather wise, you could make the argument it's it's worse in February in some respects than it is in January. Yeah. So. What I what I also think they tried to do was make sure that a there were there was a balance for boys and girls sports kind of going on at the same time. There wasn't a, a, you know loaded a certain way uh, and that sort of. thing. Well, let's just be glad they finally came to a decision. Well, no, I, I look at it as and and I did talk to some other. I talked to our pal T.J. Long last night. You know, he's got a kid who's uh, his son Julian, who's a senior, is being recruited by colleges to play college football. Big time football hopes there. Yeah, and I mean they're just happy to be able to play. Uh, we had some cuts we didn't get to with Mike Houston yesterday. Uh, again, as Ben noted in our update, so we log on to the Zoom call, uh, which I like. I like these Zoom press conferences post game. I mean, it it instead of instead of the whole exercise taking ninety minutes to get there, and we're sitting out there in the heat. Wait, well, yeah, do the interview. I mean, it's it's a clean, tidy fifteen twenty minutes. I mean, same thing yesterday. You couldn't have pulled that off. Without Zoom yesterday, what they did with the Athletic Association did. I think it's – that's one thing I think has been Let's fantastic for most Let's keep no, it that I, way. I, I think it ought to be kept that way as long as they uh, can do it. I mean, to me, it's – it's and, and if you're ECU, it gives you a better opportunity to get more coverage. I mean, there, I've noticed there's more of the triangle stations who are covering ECU now. We haven't seen them in a while. You don't see them down here when you do in-person press conferences. And so, I mean, that as far as building your brand, that's the, the way the Zoom conferences are going. That's the way to do it. Uh, so they had lightning in the area yesterday, and uh, I didn't see it, but, you know, they, that's that's what ended up happening. Um, I've almost talked to the point we're not going to have enough time to get into the, uh, the pirate report, am I? You think so? All right, hit the open. Now, Patrick Johnson with today's Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. All right, let's go with cut nine uh, on the vast soundbite roster here, the punting competition. I think this was kind of fascinating. And they And they start off talking about uh, the kid that uh, they recruited from Australia. You know, he was... Um, and then uh, he, 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 he did have a little setback medically, uh, and so... Uh, you know, looking forward to getting him back and uh, competing. Uh, but uh, he's got a strong leg, uh, and you know he's got a he's having to get used to the timing. You know, having to get it off a little bit quicker than you know it's easy to sit out there and punt with no rush. You know, all of a sudden those live bullets start coming at you. You figure, hey, I better get this thing off a little bit quicker. You know, so and we put him on stopwatch. But uh, he has a lot of talent. Um, I think I think he just like we talked about with the running backs uh, and and the defense. The competition has improved John. Uh, he is operating much faster. Uh, I think he's, his, his leg strength has improved. So I think, you know, having Luke has helped John. Yeah, talking about uh, Luke Larson there and uh, the uh, competition at, uh, at Punter. Okay, uh, that'll do it. Really enjoyed having Ross Dellinger on. We'll have to see if we can con him to coming back on again with us at some point. 
Uh, he was really good. Uh, thanks to uh, him for being on. Great job, as always, by Ben Byram and uh, intern Ron. Uh, check our social media on Twitter and Facebook, 94.3 The Game. Uh, we'll have uh, clips and tweets of uh, the upcoming press conference that Coach Houston's going to have.